KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Matt Leon. Sigal Atzmon is the founder and CEO of Medics Global, a global medical management company. She recently wrote an op-ed for The Hill about how many other countries, in her opinion, will emerge from the pandemic with populations that have suffered less than the population in the U.S., both in terms of physical and mental health, mainly because of the lack of a vaccine mandate at the federal level in the U.S. We wanted to talk to her about the op-ed and dig into the why. Give a listen. In reading your recent op-ed, you talk about how the U.S. is going to emerge from this weaker than other countries and point to the the lack of a vaccine mandate uh, as a big reason, if not the main reason why. Kind of tell me why you think this. What 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 are your concerns here in the big picture? Well, I think, first of all, in times of crisis, people and nation should unite And America is, as unfortunately we all know, so divided today. And the voices are so different. And eventually we have seen a lack of consistency. We have not seen one message, but different messages. This pandemic and this crisis has been politicized in a way that is making our nation and the American people weaker. We're not united, we're not together. You have the people who have gotten their vaccinations, you have the ones who haven't, you have the ones who are question marking, questioning it, and you have the anti-vaxxers, and there is no direction. There has not been one direction. What are some countries you look at how they've been able to enforce a vaccine mandate, and what are there countries you look at as kind of the blueprint well, I can give you one, a few examples, actually. Look at France. In the beginning, there was a huge vaccine hesitancy and a lot of anti-vaxxers, and the uptake was very low. And, that the, and then the government just decided to introduce a green passport. And they said, well, if you want to go to the theater, you want to be able to go to the restaurant, you want to be able to go to the museum or to work, you need to be vaccinated. We see other countries who actually made it legally required to be vaccinated. Now, I wouldn't go that far, okay? I am in favor of freedom. I believe people need to have the choice whether to get vaccinated or not, but they have to have a directive. They have to have an incentive to do what is right and responsibly right for themselves, for their health, for their families and their communities. So a green passport, for example, was the right thing. But now it's too late for America to put in a green passport. We're beyond it. We're way beyond the times where a mandate can work or or a green passport can work. It's right now up to the states, up to the co- corporates, up to companies, employers to decide whether their people can come to work vaccinated or not. Um, states to decide. We, we were at times where at federal level, The people wanted guidance, leadership, one message, one direction. And and the mandates should have been able to support that need and to take America at the same time to be vaccinated at the highest possible levels. We see Israel, for example, has a very high vaccination rate. Um, It has avoided overwhelmed hospitals. It has managed to contain at the most difficult Delta times the pandemic, and then 
it got really better. Then it had a huge Omicron wave, but hospitals are managing really well and it has lifted all restrictions. But it has a very high percentage of population that has been vaccinated at the same time. So in order for America to be able to overcome and get out of this in a more structured, organized way where everyone is at the same time, at the same place, a lot of people should have been vaccinated at the same time and not have such a difference between different states or different communities, different areas. That is making America weaker. So the division, not being united and not walking the same direction altogether, in my opinion, is weakening and has weakened America. How do you mean weakening? Obviously, we've had tremendous loss of life and we continue to have a tremendous loss of life that unfortunately, it seems like people have normalized. Uh, but but past that, past people that are dealing uh, with long term symptoms and problems, how else do you feel this has made the country weaker? So, first of all, you know, over 900,000 people, for a lot of people, it's just a number. But for close, I mean, almost a million people, these are family members, parents, children, brothers, sisters. This is dramatic, Matt. 900,000 people. This is not something I just say and, and, and move on. It's very painful and it's not over. The second thing is long COVID, right? So long COVID, brain fog, fatigue, depression, I'm not being able to concentrate. All that is going to have a long-term impact. The third thing that we see is, for me, another type of pandemic. So people resigning, the big resignation, people not wanting to work like before, career not being the, one of the most important things. People want a life work balance. I really believe, Matt, that this is going to change the face of America because we see already supply chains inter interrupted. We see inflation going up because of people being at sick leave, not being back in the office because of the resignation, et cetera, et cetera. So we see supply chain um, disrupted. We see inflation going up. Inflation going up, meaning people are going to have to have more money or they will not be able to buy what they used to buy. That's going to affect the economy. If the economy is affected, that's going to have an effect on every one of us, whether we go to buy groceries or we want to go to a yoga class or we want to buy a present. So this is going to have, in my opinion, a very long-term effect. And the trust in the government for the next crisis, whether it be a pandemic or another issue, I don't think is in a good place. So how ready are we for a next crisis? A political one, a geopolitical one, God forbid, a war or a terror uh, issue or another pandemic. When we're divided, when we're not at our strongest, when we don't know where the economy is going, I think this is a really tough situation. And we're in the midst of creating a new America that no one really knows what its face is going to be. I'm still optimistic because I believe in, in America. I want to believe in America. But I'm not sure we're going where we would hope to go two years after um, such a pandemic. I would like to to push on something. You talked about the, the work-life balance and people changing jobs and stuff, and we've seen all that. But looking at that glass half full, I don't know that I think that's kind of a good thing that if we're kind of having a universal 
people looking critically and maybe the 60, 70 hour work week isn't good. And, and I, I just want to do this or I want to pursue something that is not just a job, but something I have passion for. Uh, I actually, I personally think that's kind of one of the positive ripple effects we've gotten out of this. It's been painful in the short term. And you talk about supply chains and, and things not being as we're used to, but I think in the long term, could that ha- not have good ramifications for the, uh, the the U.S. as a whole? I fully agree with you that this might be a very positive one if we will allow the economy and the consumption system to adapt. So if the American people are going to agree to need and want less, that's going to be fine. But if we continue to want to consume, to buy, to dress up to overconsume, maybe right and overeat and overgo out and overspend i mean we could say overspend but at the pace that america has been going in the last few years then there's going to be a problem because if you change your work-life balance then clearly for companies to be able to provide their products, their services, they will need more employees because employees will work less. More employees meaning higher expenses. Higher expenses meaning you have to increase the price of what you produce and sell it at a higher price. That means different supply chains, different, maybe you can produce less if you don't want to increase um the number of employees um, you engage with. So we need to rebalance the whole way of how companies are structured, how they spend, how much it's going to cost them to reach to a customer, how much money will that customer have to spend, and how is, is the consumer going to continue to drive the economy? That's a very big question. So the economy is going to have to adapt and corporates are going to have to adapt to this new American person who wants to maybe live better. The good point, and, and that's an absolute good point, is that Americans want to be healthier. And, and that is, for me, the number one positive outcome of this pandemic. People want to live healthier. They want to engage in more sports and exercise. They want to have a healthier diet. They, they want to do their checkups um, in a more organized way. So that's very positive. But if they will work less, they will earn less, they will have to consume less. And that impact, we don't know how to calculate that yet. I'm curious, you point out in your op-ed about kind of the messiness of our our governmental system in a situation like this because it does become you know battles in the courts and then companies get cold feet about enforcing mandates because of what the courts are saying and stuff like that i guess my my question would be what is the alternative how in your opinion could we do a better job without you know, basically overthrowing or not overthrowing, but but completely changing the way we govern here in the U.S.? So first of all, I would absolutely not completely change. We have very good checks and balances in place. The role of the Constitution is very clear and very important. It protects the American people, and it's clearly protecting the American freedom, which is something we're all so proud of. And, and we're proud of the checks and balances. However, 
they should, in, in my personal opinion, not be harmful or stand in the way of what is in time of crisis so necessary and sometimes crucial for the survival and for the well-being of, of our nation. So from my perspective, we don't need to restructure completely or change the constitution completely. We just need to put in a law that would actually enable the administration and a president under a state of emergency to be able to make certain decisions, only very specific decisions, for example, under a major terror attack or under a pandemic, and for a very short period of time that the Supreme Court would not be able to overturn for a while. And that needs to be predefined in very strict wording that would protect the freedom and would allow the Supreme Court to exercise its role. No doubt about that. But if if the president, as we saw Biden with his mandates, launches sets about a mandate and very fast after you have the Supreme Court who says, no, that's not constitutional. It's good for the American people and it's absolutely the right way. And it might save half of the 900,000 lives that we lost to, to the pandemic, but we, it's not constitutional. Then we overturn the decision, right? What is more important, 900,000 lives right now or going with the constitution for three or four months? That is my question. And I think we need to put a structure in place that is very clearly defined for a very short period of time in very specific situations that these decisions and mandates should not be able to be overturned. Let me push back on that a little bit because I agree with you in general with the concept, but a concern would be, and I know you said very specific wording, very specific and strong timelines and stuff, but would there be concern that you're opening the door there that in a time of crisis when people are scared, uh, that little bit of light that the, that would give that people with uh, maybe not the best of intentions could open that further and further and things change in a not good way uh, for society before you've really had chance to take stock of what's happened? You know, a lot of people tell me that, and then I ask them, can you give me an example? Can you give me an example under that pan this pandemic where such a mandate, if it would not have been overturned, like wearing masks or getting vac vaccinated, but it's about coming and saying, if you don't want to be vaccinated, don't be vaccinated. But if you want to go to work, or if you want to keep your job, or if you want to go out and visit public places, you have to be vaccinated. Right. So you'd still leave the choice. And that is, to me, constitutional. It is not constitutional to force a person to get vaccinated. Right. But it is constitutional to give the whole nation a protection in times of crisis for a short period of time until the government realizes what are we dealing with and what are we doing and how are we moving forward in all transparency. And I don't get the examples so, so I can ask you, push back, give me an example of what would have happened and those fearful people that are fearing for the democracy or, or, or fearing for the checks and balances, what would have gone wrong if those mandates would not have been overturned for another six months or three months by the Supreme Court? 
Oh, I think it's not necessarily it's not necessarily in the the lane of this. I think my concern would be somebody taking the the opening that is here specifically for, you know, vaccine mandates, mask mandates, whatever, and all of a sudden starting to move it in other directions, utilizing the same framework, but for different things. Uh, that would start to restrict real freedoms uh, and try to do it under the idea of a national emergency. Now, it might be remote, and I know I'm not giving you a very specific one, but I think that might be a, a concern people have is people taking this and, you know, kind of once you've you you've opened the door a little bit, the concern that somebody uh, with a more nefarious plan might become come in on a on something similar and try to use it for their own purposes. So I have to tell you, I'm personally more optimistic and probably more trusting in our, any, whether it's red or blue, administrations and government. And I trust the American people. I trust the the, the justice and, and the lawmakers that we would be able to define it in the right way so that it would be really restricted and temporary. I think that you're right. If you open the door legally, if you if you put a framework in place where things cannot be overturned and they don't have an expiration date, there is a danger. But if there is a very short expiration date of months, right, this cannot be overturned for six months. Then what can happen? We cannot be led by emotions or fears. You know, we need to be brave, courageous, um, agile, adaptive. And in times of war, bioterrorism and such a pandemic, we need to allow a government and administration to make leadership decisions for a short period of time. And I don't think six months of a mask mandate or a vaccination mandate, I don't think that would harm America's freedom, America's greatest values, or its future. I think not having a clear message, not having a united America behind one process of what is needed is harm is more, more harmful than having a decision that is imposed for a limited time period and has an expiration date. And that's something we can trust because we're not giving opening the door and telling the president, please, the door is open. And now we need to trust you not to take advantage of it. No, we're saying we have a law. It's defined. These are the situations, bioterrorism, war, a pandemic. That's it for six months and a limited freedom of what kind of mandates you can impose. Right. And that's it. I think that is transparent, responsible. If we chose a president in a majority, we have to be able to trust him to do what is right for us for a period of six months. And then it's overturnable by a Supreme Court. But zigzagging back and forth, and, and it's not just a Supreme Court because then you have the state's courts and every state has its own court. and. And it's just a mishmash of the zigzags and, and there is no consistency. What is being American in under a pandemic? Do we have one American? Do we have something we feel all together? Do we have some one path we're on and we can support each other, hold each other's hand and say, you know, we are together in this. 
the whole nation as a nation. No, we have different states with so many different laws, so many different opinions, and we can't win anything like that. Not a pandemic. Not if we're not walking in the same direction for a while. Now, if we're walking in the wrong direction, Matt, it's still a six months direction, right? And it can be overturned if it's wrong. But could we not have maybe saved some of those lives? Not over 900,000 families have been affected. I feel the pain, the echo of those gone every day as a person who manages healthcare globally. It's painful. It is so sad. These are people who won't have birthdays, who won't see their grandchildren, who won't see their children get married. These are not numbers. We have to remind that. I'll ask you something, Matt. If we would walk in the street in America and we would ask 100 people, you're either going to have to let go for six months on a Supreme Court reversal or on some of your freedom, six months to save 900,000 lives, what would their choice be? Matt, you tell me. I think the majority would agree with you. I think part of the problem in this country is even things that have wide acceptance, the the group that is against it is the loudest and the uh, most active when it comes to taking action against it. And I think a lot of times it gives the impression that things are not as that the things are much more in doubt than they really are with the general public. Uh, and I think that's just how this country is wired, right, wrong, good, bad, indifferent. Uh, you know, so that feeds into a lot of the the pushback I give you, just the way that the U.S., that I've seen it from a societal standpoint, from a media standpoint, uh, is, is just kind of how how it seems like the country is wired. I think you're right to start with. But the thing is, we have to look back. And yes, we have administrations and we have presidents who've not, gone, who've not done great or not good enough. And we had crisis. But we also had so many of them who, through the history of the American nation, have done so well. Can we not stop being fearful and sometimes just stop being so sure that they're going to take all our freedoms away? And 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 be so vocal about we rather die than have an inch of our freedom be taken away. And and don't you think that it's become a meaningful purpose for certain people to shout that I will not get vaccinated because it's my freedom, because I want to prove that no one is going to tell me what to do. That has become a meaningful purpose. And that by itself, right, cannot be a meaningful purpose because it's it's you, you don't have complete freedom. You cannot wake up in the morning. You can own a gun, but you can't walk around and shoot everyone. You cannot rape women and men. You can not enter and damage or, or you know, steal. There's hundreds of things you're not allowed to do. So we are not free people. You can't walk out naked in the streets and walk and go up on, the, on an airplane naked singing, right? So there's a whole bunch of even small and stupid things you're not allowed to do. 
So what about not being allowed to do for a short period of time, something that's going to save a bunch of people's lives. So what I'm saying is it has become, I think it's making people feel important when they can shout, we will not get vaccinated because we believe it's, it's untrue. It's a, there is no pandemic. COVID is a, you know, it's a lie and, and it's a conspiration. It's pharma trying to sell us something and we want freedom. I just think it makes them feel good, but it doesn't save the nation. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In-Depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.